for joining us on this week's episode of Gateway to the Smokies. This podcast is about America's most visited national park, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and the surrounding towns. This area is filled with ancient natural beauty, deep storied history, and rich mountain cultures that we explore with weekly episodes. I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, a man of the world, but also with deep roots in these mountains. My family has lived in the Great Smokies for over 200 years. My business is in travel, but my heart is in culture. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about a little mountain town called Canton, and then also about mountain biking. But first, let's talk about our sponsor's message, in which case happens to be me. <laughs> Imagine a place evocative of motor courts of the past, yet modern and vibrant with a chic Appalachian feel. A place for adventure and for relaxation. Imagine a place where you can fish in a mountain heritage trout stream, grill the catch on a fire, and eat accompanied by fine wine or craft beers. Imagine a place with old-time music and world cultural sounds. There is no other place like the Middle Ark Motel in Maggie Valley. Your Smoky Mountain Adventure starts from where you stay. Another sponsor is Smokey's Adventure. That's Smokey's plural, adventure, singular.com. The Smoky Mountains and surrounding area is a vacation destination for all seasons. Some of the nation's best hiking trails, motorcycle trails, waterfalls, outdoor adventures, and family entertainment can be found right here. Start your adventure by using smokiesadventure.com to explore all the wonderful features of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park the trails, the waterfalls, Cade Cove, the Elk, and more. Then check out all the family attractions and entertainment you and your entire family can enjoy in the area. The goal of Smokey's Adventure is to become the leading information portal for adventures and experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains. I want to, there's an, there's an event coming up this weekend I wanted to uh, let you know about. There's a, we, the Metal Ark, we have a Heritage Book Series, and, and this one's going to be a presentation of the book, The Legendary Hunters, Hunters of the Southern Highlands, A Century of Sport and Survival in the Great Smokies. From the heyday of the Cherokee Nation and on through the 20th century, the Great Smokies have nurtured some of the most celebrated hunters in American history predicting changes in the weather and almost telepathically sensing animal behavior, these outdoorsmen were linked inextricably with the land that sustained them. Local author and general manager of the Meadowlark Smoky Mountain Heritage Center, Bob Plot, lovingly recalls the tales uh, of, the, of those hunters, rife with characters like Honest John, the bear whose, whose habit of killing only enough livestock to eat it. One sitting granted him a reputation as one, at once chivalrous and menacing. And little George Plot, a legendary marksman turned World War II hero that linger among the region's hardwood forests and misty foothills. These tales do. Rediscover an era of self-sufficient mountain living where folks labored in logging camps, brewed moonshine, hunted for survival, and fought for what they believed in. It's April 9th, this Saturday at 4 p.m. at the Metal Ark Motel, and that'll be followed by a book signing, and then a free barbecue uh, for the guests, uh, $10 for uh, people that are not staying at the motel, and then music at the Metal Ark. Uh, so I hope to see you there. Um, we're also next weekend, not this week, next weekend, we're having, having a fishing camp with some uh, acclaimed uh, 
fishing guides, including Charles Humphrey III, who is also a Grammy Award winning musician, called the motel for either one of these events, 828-926-1717, to get your, your, your place to, to be and stay uh, this, this coming, this April. So um, we, are, we are pleased to have uh, a leader of the community in Haywood County, and, and specifically Ken, his name is Zeb, Zeb Smathers. He's a graduate of Duke University, hey Duke, and UNC Law School, who resides with his wife and son in Canton, North Carolina. He is a working attorney at Smathers and Smathers uh, Law Firm in Canton, and he's also been the mayor of Canton since 2017, and he's been attracting national attention uh, since then. Hello, Zeb, how are you doing? Uh, Joseph, great to be here with you. Oh, it is. Uh, I know that you've been suffering some wonder. We were just talking about how suffering some uh, hard weather down there. Hopefully the wind doesn't kick up like it's been doing. <laughs> yeah, as I said, anytime it rains in Canton uh, since the floods of, uh, of August of 2021, every day, every time it rains, I just get this bad, my spider sense goes off. But uh, Yeah, right. It's, it's, it's like, like oh. <laughs> Uh, you know, since that happened, I, I look at the creek behind the metal arc and, you know, it hasn't escaped its uh, banks in 40 years. My dad actually raised the raised the, the ground about three foot all over the place. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, but Maggie's been lucky. I think the big thing is we had all, you know, it used to be bare mountains around there from logging and now it's all grown up. And I think that changed the trajectory of the wash down and Maggie doesn't get flooding anymore. Uh, so I guess we're lucky in that regard. But uh, I think we're excited. I'm, I'm very excited. We're going to talk a little bit about the Chestnut Mountain Park that you folks are walking, working on. And we're going to talk about the floods. But uh, um, uh, as a fellow Haywood County native and Duke grad, I'd like your visitors to get to know you better. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, uh, and, you know, and what, how, and a little bit about you. So you were born and raised in Haywood County, right? I, I mean, I, I know your name, you have to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my son, my two-year-old son, he actually is the ninth generation uh, Smathers. Uh, really? I tell people, you know, I was, I was lucky to find a girl I wasn't related to to marry here in Haywood County. And, uh, but, but no, I mean, I was born in 1982. Um, my dad uh, is an attorney. Uh, my grandfather owned one of the first modern supermarkets uh, in uh, Western North Carolina. And, you know, I have memories of the store in Canton in the late eighties, but I also remember the ones in the early nineties. And it was a, uh, in so many regards, I, it was a normal childhood and doing many of the things you just, you know, advertised uh, at, at your motel. I mean, just, you know, walking these mountains and playing in the streams and playing sports. And the 90s was a fun time to grow up with the birth of the Internet and just changes in movies and entertainment. Uh, but that was more nationally, you know, locally. We started watching the decline of Canton and Canton is a paper mill town. Um, and not, you know, much like other towns across North Carolina and across the United States, these manufacturing towns, these furniture towns, textiles, mm -hmm. you know, once employed so many people and so many, you know, jobs and just the center of culture, they started closing up, uh, yeah. and very close to losing our, uh, paper mill. Kenton is a paper mill currently evergreen packaging, uh, owns the, the paper mill here employs 1200 people. But in our downtown, you started noticing boarded up buildings and buildings falling down and, and just not not just, you know, boarded up windows, but people's spirits were broken. And there was an understanding, like so many places in the United States, 
our best days were behind us, that there was simply no place for small towns, especially small manufacturing towns uh, in the 21st century. And so I graduated Pisgah High School uh, in 2001, uh, played football and basketball there. Um, you know, your visitors, I mean, the people listening, you know, uh, Canton and Haywood County is home to the greatest football rivalry in high school in the state of North Carolina. And I happen to be on the other side of that equation. Uh, I, went to, I went to Tuscola. Well, no, one, no one's perfect, Joseph. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, you know, we love, uh, we're Pisgah and Waynesville's Tuscola, and that game draws anywhere from thirteen to 15,000 people. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, after 2001, I uh, uh, traveled four hours away to Durham, uh, to Duke University, graduated in 05 with a major in political science, a minor in history. Uh, then I traveled nine miles the other direction to UNC to Chapel Hill uh, to law school. Uh, I don't know why you ever made that decision. I, I, w- I also went to Duke, so uh. yeah, best, of, <laughs> best of both blues. Uh, yeah, right. But uh, after that, I, I, you know, I returned home. I always wanted to come home and practice uh, law with my father, and we have a general small town practice, a little bit of everything. Uh-huh. Uh, I ran for alderman, you know, which is our city council in 2013, because spending uh, seven years in the Triangle, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, I noticed something. I noticed these large metropolitan areas uh, like Raleigh, like Durham, they were expanding. They were suffering new, you know, the new economy, new people, you know. Oh, uh, I remember back then they were going crazy and expanding. Oh, yeah. And I noticed this. And so when I returned home, uh, Canton is 20 minutes from Asheville, an absolute wonderful city of so much culture and art and, and craft brewing. And it was in 2008, that's when the Obamas made several trips to Asheville, I think really put Asheville on the map. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, President Obama has his favorite barbecue place in Asheville. 12 Bones Monkey or 12 oh, Bones, uh, yeah, 12 yeah. Bones, right? Yeah. And so I, I had, you know, I put all that together and I said, wait a second here. Something's getting ready to happen here. Uh, yeah. Asheville and Buckham County, it's going to grow. It's going to expand. There's going to be increases in housing and, uh, you know, just logistic issues. And I said, you know, if Canton, if we play our cards right, we can take advantage of this. Yeah, a lot of people looked at me crazy. Luckily enough, people voted for me who didn't think I was crazy. <laughs> but you know, at that you know, uh, you know, at that point, it was very important. The yeah. first business was to have people believe that there was a place for places like Canton in the 21st century. That we- and, I, and I think that that's you know, I think that's important. And, and you know, we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about what some of the things you did to bring it back, which I think are really impressive. Um, you know, some of the things I know, and I, I want to put, put a little bit more history into this because, you know, I looked up a little bit about your background, the Smathers, and what, what, what didn't it, five Smathers brothers migrated from uh, uh, the Scotch-Irish and Germanic Rills into Rowan County and then ended up here in Dutch Cove and Haywood County, right? I don't know what happened in Rowan County that they thought the best idea was to leave town quickly and head to the <laughs> that point the frontier land but uh uh-huh. i'm glad i'm glad they did uh but you know absolutely we we traveled here five brothers um if you ever come across the smathers uh that's not from haywood county they're lying to you there yeah. I think is one one smathers family in massachusetts which has no direct relation to us but everybody else um comes from uh this part of the woods and and there's actually been there was a smathers in camelot uh senator george smathers of florida uh, was very close to JFK. 
Uh, yeah. I've always been told the story. You know how these mountains are. I don't know if the stories are true. They make good legends. That he actually introduced Jackie O to uh, JFK. And so well, you might as well grab a legend if you can. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter in politics. It doesn't really matter whether it's true or not. It's getting the perception of it. Turns out that George Washington didn't actually step down a cherry tree. But he grabbed that story or somebody did for him. Yeah. Uh, so cool. Well, you know, your, your, your family like mine has been in the county for 200 years, right? So uh, there's a lot of history in Haywood County. Um, and uh, I really I like to talk about that. And when we come back, I want to uh, touch a little bit on your immediate family history. Your father was a mayor and, and then where, where you and where and then where Canton's grown from that. Absolutely. Howdy, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. And my guest is Zeb Smather. So, Zeb, you know, um, one of the things I try to do with this podcast, you know, is there's a lot of great professional, I mean, brilliant people that come out of Haywood County. And we can easily get in talking to the ideas and accomplishments and plans and future. And, and, and that's all important, you know. But, you know, one of the things that that is special about Haywood County is, is the community and familial connections, right? It's, 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 it, there's a very connectedness to your past, even, even though it goes and you're thinking about the future, you know, and it's, you know, and you like me grew up with a you know, long family ties there. My father was mayor of Maggie Valley. I don't know exactly when your father was mayor, but my father was an alderman for a long time. So they probably knew each other, mm-hmm. you know, your dad was a lawyer and, uh, you know, started this law firm that you're in. And then he served as mayor. And then uh, he was an athlete at Pisgah and a Hall of Famer there. And, and he also went to Duke. So, you know, how does it like to have that connection to who, who you are? Well, I think, you know, being from Haywood County in this region, it's just truly part of your DNA. And, you know, it's one of those things where no matter, and I have been blessed to travel the world and experience wonderful things, but you don't forget where you come from. And I think there's something special about being from Haywood County and being around the people and the communities and schools and churches. And what you see is what you get. And I'm very proud in Canton. Um, we're a blue collar town and what you see is what you get. And in a superficial society, uh, that is, you know, so much of it is, is marketing and spin, uh, when you come across places like Canton and the people of Canton and you, you see, you know, what's real um, and you're just drawn to it because so much of it, you know, the rest of the world is just made up and it's, it's more you look and feel like something else. But when you come across the real McCoy, you just feel it. And I think that in Haywood County, when someone says, how are you? Uh, or yeah. at you, they mean it. And I think that's, that's sincere, but I think on a greater level, is, you know, part of the challenge, but I think we're doing it in Canton, very proud of it, is how do you bring in new people, new ideas, new money, new opportunity, but you don't change who you are. And that's- well, I think that's, you, I think that's, you're hitting the, the nail on the head there is you, you don't change who you are, you be who you are. You know, look, I'm sitting here in the middle of New York City and, you know, I decided to have a brand about, you know, you know my family home, you know, the place was a Meadowlark Motel. 
And I decided to be authentic to that brand. And, and while I modernized it a slight, slight bit, I'm wearing overalls. You know, I wear them every day, right? My grandfather did, right? So, I mean, you have to be, um, there had to be some sort of leadership um, values that your father instilled in you. What, what do you think those were? Well, I think it was, you know, dad, even at times, I think it sometimes worries me. He is a huge uh, optimist. And, and sometimes I think he was a man before his time. A lot of the ideas that dad had, I saw them come to fruition. He was, again, probably 10 years before his time. And he has these huge, large, big ideas. But when you're around people like that, that, you know, again, going back to Kennedy, I'm a big believer in the new frontier speech. You know, the big ideas, the moonshots, you know, part of this country and, and part of being in, in, in West North Carolina is not being afraid of the big idea. Uh, to set out on those big adventures. And, and we need some more of that in our American discussions uh, in politics. And so dad was always pushing. And when you're a son looking up to your father and you, you see him lean in to not being afraid and talking about those big ideas, even when they don't succeed, mm-hmm. uh, that gives you a belief uh, and you know a confidence to push you to do the same. And I think right. that's part of what leadership is. It's, it's not being afraid of the big idea, finding a way, working across partisan lines or whatever lines of divisions exist and saying, yes, we can do this. Uh, and I think that's something that you find time and time again in the mountains and Smokies of uh, Smoky Mountains of West North Carolina. Well, I think, uh, I think uh, that you've demonstrated uh, the ability to actually uh, tell people something that they don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, people, there might be a, a poll that says people want something and, and instead of, of, um, just going with it, you actually will educate people a little bit sometimes, all right? Because there's things that they don't know, right? And you provide that information and then allow them to make a decision. And a lot of times you'll find that decision comes around of what would be the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that politicians who do that are the true leaders, well, right? And I, think, yeah, and I do think there's an importance, especially these days, to listen, to be around people that you may not agree with, but ask, you know, listen to why they feel that way. And if you do that, don't just push them away. I think that's part of the problem is that, well, this person's wrong, or I can't believe they believe this way or vote this way. Listen, listen to their story. Everyone has a unique story. I mean, it's part of this podcast and what you're trying to do. And if you do that time and time again, you will find common ground that you may not agree on everything, but if you can find those, those common issues that you can push it forward, you know, and it, it's amazing. You talk about New York city, you know, New York, New York city is just a bunch of little small towns, uh, but very often <laughs> a lot of energy, a lot of little small towns, but again, I think, I think North Carolina, especially, but also across the United States, even in these large cities, you know, you can call them boroughs, is that if you understand small towns and where people, you know, their past and what got them where they are, man, do you realize how many similarities we may have different accents. We may have different barbecue sauces, Mm -hmm. but truly we have so many common denominators that link us. And if you can refocus the conversation, you can actually get things done. Yeah. Well, if you look at even, you know, you talk about, you look at condo co-op boards, you look at, historical societies and a few hundred people and members and you have a board. I mean, those are all like small towns being run with a board and a president and they're all dealing with the same exact issues many, many times in the city. I, you know, when I was doing that, I reckon I recognize the same issues my dad went through as a mayor of a small town. Hey, I'm in this historical society. I'm dealing with the same issues. <laughs> 
Um, well, let's get back to Canton, you know, and some things there. I like to talk about some of the special stuff and we're going to get to it, but I, you know, do not, do not leave your father behind. The last thing is I noticed that he helped uh, lead the effort to create that small Smathers farmers and public market, which I think is a real cool thing in, in, uh, in Canton. They have music there and all sorts of stuff. Well, you really can't be a small town uh, in the 21st century unless you have a brewery and a farmer's market. There so, you go. <laughs> don't you, forget you got to have a church, too. And a church. <laughs> but uh, uh, but we, we have a wonderful Bearwaters Brewing, and that was a huge uh, success for us several years ago. They do a great job. But, yet yeah, again, one of those big ideas that, you know, sometimes Dad just says, we're doing this, and I just – he doesn't even give me time to add my input, as many fathers don't, uh, to their students. But – we have this wonderful farmer's market that brings people together, music, beer, crafts. And again, you know, it's in, it's in the uh, uh, parking lot of my grandfather's supermarket where our law office is now that for so many years, you know, was a gathering spot over the same things. It was stories. It was food. Uh, A lot has changed since the eighties, but again, to have Smathers market return in some regards and bring people together, my, you know, for, for dad and my, my uncle Mike's, Mike Smathers and, 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 and their kids and, and, and just all the ones that are connected to Smathers market. But again, it makes my point valid where it's different, uh, but it's something new, but it's a throwback to the past, you know, and that's important. Again, how do you bring in that new energy but it goes back to your past of bringing people together over food and fellowship and commonalities. And it's the perfect example. Again, know where you're from, what got you here, but also not be afraid to evolve it and listen and make changes, but not lose your soul. You know, there's a academic research that I'm, I'm become something of an expert from the marketing side, not from the academic side about something called memorable tourism experiences and, and part of that is cultural tourism and cultural heritage tourism. And there's actually lots of evidence so that if you stay true to your cultural heritage and really emphasize and develop that as a, you know, and, you know, and use it as a part of your marketing and your approach to how you build your, your infrastructure and stuff like that, it actually is highly successful in attracting tourism mm-hmm. and it's authentic. How Haywood County can avoid becoming, I mean, I love Gatlinburg, I love, you know, Pigeon Forbes for what they are, but they're very commercialized. Uh, and Haywood County is not becoming like that so far, right? Yeah. And I think that that's a great success of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And again, as you know, in your background, you see champion. As I tell some of my friends that who do live in New York City, you know, you have my skyscrapers, you have your skyscrapers, and I have mine. You know, mine yeah. are mountains. and, and <laughs> Exactly. It's amazing yeah. how many people in marketing are drawn to places like Canton because, you know what, they're from manufacturing towns. Or they remember going and visit their grandparents. And it's amazing they'll come across a store, a memory, a smell, and it will – uh, they it will, they will go back decades mm-hmm. to their grandparents' farm or, you know, the uh, where their father lived in Ohio or a, a coal town in West Virginia. And it, this, it, it, it ignites this memory and energy and, more importantly, puts a smile on their face. And, and it's nice that Haywood County can still do that. It hasn't become this huge commercialized empire. It's become very authentic. I mean, it's very successful now and becoming more so, but it hasn't done that. Absolutely. Um, so, um, well, the last thing before we move on from the history, uh, you know, I, you know, my father back in the day as mayor has tried to do something 
where he he would have the town buy this old motel that had you know that was near the festival grounds and would become an artist a sponsored art, artist community uh of course it didn't go over but I, you know it's something i would like to see happen is there any ideas that your dad had but didn't get implemented that you think you you would like to pursue <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them we have accomplished and I've tried to give credit where credit is due. And I probably did a better job at that. You know, I've, we've talked about the co-ops. Uh, I think there's a great success for co-ops. Uh, the farmer's market was a big one. Um, that is a really good question. Um, you know, I, I think again, having more, uh, I would like to see more people get involved. Uh, and encouraging, you know, uh, a downtown business association. But I'm a big believer that that's not the government's job to do. I want to see that organically come from business owners and, and have them have a stake in it. Uh, we'll help any way that we can. Uh, but people need skin in the game. And uh, it would really be nice to have a good downtown association. Um, and because that just opens up tremendous other opportunities from business owners. But again, that's something for our business owners uh, to get involved with, but we're only to that point for years and years. We had no businesses, uh, to do an organization. And <laughs> when I, in 2013, we had about a 20% occupancy rate downtown. Uh, we're now up near 90 and I'm very proud of that. Uh, watching our downtown come back to life. Well, I just, you know, when we're getting close to the end of the break here, I just wanted to, you know, before we move on to the next stuff, when we talk about the things that you've done, but I just wanted to do a shout out that you last year, I think it was, were selected as one of 19 leaders across the country to join the New Deal Development Exceptional American Leaders. And it's a selective national network of state and local elected officials. So I think that's a, a very proud accomplishment. And I, I congratulate you on that. Yeah. All right. so, there's worse list I'm probably on, but I, I'm not. <laughs> well, you're not on the list that I'm on. <laughs> All right, let's take a break and we'll come back. We'll start talking about uh, the flood and the, and the, and the bicycle park. Wonderful. Howdy, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with uh, Gateway to the Smokies podcast and my guest, Zeb Mathers, the mayor of Canton, North Carolina. So, Zeb, you um, you talked about, you know, how there was this, you know, things seem to be going downhill, but there's now been a resurgence and you've led the way for this resurgence in Canton. And, you know, and I, I've been been here the whole time. You know, I, I, I came every, you know, for 30 years, I've been coming every six weeks back to Haywood County. I've never, you know, missed more than a two months at a time and spend a week here, you know, family, uh, other things I've got to do here. I just love it. You know, my business has been elsewhere. And now I've been here quite a lot because I have the business and, and Maggie. And especially in the past few years, I've been going through Canton, you know, and I just noticed that resurgence. Like, I think you're one of the first towns that started putting out these barrels with flowers in them, right? That was pretty cool because now the all the other towns copied it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, what are some of the new shops and restaurants and things and, and breweries that you've brought there? Because it's pretty exciting, I think. Yeah, and I'll try to name them all because each of them are special. Uh, and again, I'm just part of a good, great team. I've got a great group of elected officials, Democrats and Republicans, and our town employees are absolutely amazing. Uh, they, they don't just believe in their job. They believe they are making a difference. And so part, I'm just part of a good 
uh, a very, very good team. But I mean, the first, uh, and it's actually, you know, uh, a building that the dad owns, uh, the Imperial. It was the original, um, uh, this Victorian hotel uh, that goes back to the 1890s. It actually was here before the Biltmore House was built in Asheville. And uh, over the course of a decade, dad had was, was renovating it, you know, piece by piece. Another one of those ideas I'm not sure I ever thought would happen, but uh, it it lighted, it was the spark. And now there's a wonderful restaurant there. The Southern Porch uh, has the absolute best bourbon selection in West North Carolina. Uh, I'm a bourbon guy, so I have a, I'm, <laughs> I'm an expert on that. That's an old-fashioned, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm, putting in a, I'm putting in a speakeasy. We're going to have some smoky oil. Oh, nice. Very nice. Well, yeah. let me, let you just let me know when that happens. Uh, right. but, you know, it's uh, it was the first restaurant. It wasn't the Southern Porch then. It was Sid's on Main. Uh, and the owners then believed in Canton. And it was, the, you know, it sounds crazy looking back. It was the first real true restaurant Canton had in decades. And especially one of the first to serve alcohol. And it started uh, the Canton comeback. That was our hashtag. Because, again, you, to be a small town, you got to have a brewery, you got to have a farmer's market, and you have to have a hashtag. And ours sure. was the Canton comeback because that's exactly what it was. America loves a comeback story, and that's what we did and, and still doing. But we have places uh, like the Southern Porch. We have uh, J Rose, you know, great Philly cheesesteak, hamburgers. You, you got to have you got to have a hamburger place. Right. You know, we we have uh, the Pigeon River Mercantile. Um, you know these uh, the, the uh, Paper Town Crafts. I mean, all of these shops have have started up. Paper Town Coffee. I would put Paper Town Coffee up against any coffee shop in New York City. Now, I'm sure I'll get some comments uh, about that, but I'm truly. But th- this this couple could, you know, they are truly artists in the coffee world, and they could have gone anywhere in North Carolina or the United States, and they chose Canton because they were drawn, again, to a lot of the stuff we talked about, to our comeback story and, you know, and the people and how we have a, such a sense of community based, upon, based around what we are and who we are and what we stand for. And so we have, we have attracted so many businesses like those. And Bearwater's Brewing. Um, yeah. Uh, Bear Waters has done an amazing job both here in Maggie Valley and in Waynesville. Uh, again, being on the river, you know, we have uh, for years and years, we didn't realize how, how lucky we were to have the river. Now people, we have breweries on it. We have people tubing it in the summer. I mean, I was, my sister's house uh, is on the river. And I remember during COVID, I mean, people would float down. And of course, being a mayor, I want to know where they were from. It was places, Raleigh, Atlanta, Chicago. Floating down the very same river I floated down, but now people are paying good money to float down that river. Uh, <laughs> it, it is things like that. But again, it's these businesses that are very much uh, part of us. Like I said, the coffee place, it's paper town coffee. We are a paper town. Uh, well, that's, that's an interesting thing. I mean, because I see a lot of times when you're talking about the town, especially tourism, you say we're not a tourist town. We're a mill town. Uh, but yet you got all these things and kind of starting to have tourists come there. Yeah. Because people, because we're different, nothing against any other cities or towns in West North Carolina, but a lot of them are somewhat indistinguishable in tourism. And here we stand out. We're a, we're a paper mill town. So I think again, when you're different, uh, when you have something else to sell and your story is a little bit different, people are drawn to that because it is different. And especially once again, People like coming to place. What you see is what you get. And, and I'm not saying we're not perfect and have flaws, but I promise you the people of Canton 
what you see is what you get. And uh, there's a joy in that. There really. Well, is. you know, being in Milltown, everybody probably knows, and we can't we can't ignore it. But back in the day, it used to smell real bad all the time. And people would tell me who are Canton would say, "Well, that's the smell of money." Right now, I notice it's cleaned up a lot, but occasionally there's a little bit. How how bad? How how often is the odor there? And and is it getting even better than that? Well, I mean, I, it, it wasn't bad when I was there. No, I can't say enough about Evergreen Packaging, what they've been able to do with environmental. Uh, I worked when my first project as an alderman was helping uh, uh, one of the boilers uh, switch from coal over to natural gas. They've done such a great job, and, and like anyone else, we have a long way to go. But I remember when I was younger, going back, and again, we have flaws. The river used to be covered with foam. Um, there used to be soot on the cars. The odor was every day. And actually looking back, how no one stepped up early decades ago and said, this is wrong. But now, you know, you used to, you couldn't fish below the mill. Now you can fish below the mill. It's, it's things like that. But uh, we're working with Evergreen on a lot of different projects because we don't want to stop. We want to keep getting better. And again, I think if there's a breakdown, or there's a problem with the mill that you'll catch an odor every once in a while, but it's not stopping us from growing. And that's, and again, no, that's- it wasn't even when, even the one day I, was, I happened to catch a whiff of it, it, it was, it was not bad. It wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, you know, sulfur from hell coming in, going in in your sinuses, <laughs> like it used to be. It was like barely, bare. Oh, I smell that. Okay, yeah, yeah that's. Uh, but that, and that was, you know, I was there several times, and that was there was only one time that I had, there was any smell. So, you know, it's not. I don't think it's a problem with the, the mill towns. It's been highly your technology work with them has been highly successful. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you've had some problems recently, mm-hmm. right? which has been a, a sort of a big story. You've had a couple floods, right? And had so, like bear water got destroyed and a couple other things. How, 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 how was that for you and how have you been recovering from that? Yeah. In, in August uh, 16th, 17th of, of last year, uh, out of nowhere, uh, without any warning, we knew we were going to get a lot of rain. Uh, about 3.30 that afternoon, Canton and Haywood County uh, was hit with a, a tremendous uh, flood event uh, from the remnants of Tropical Storm Fred. Uh, six lives were lost, 300 homes. Our downtown businesses by the river were completely flooded. Uh, you're talking about 20 feet of water. Um, going back to Dad, in 04, we had floods in 04 from two hurricanes back to back. They said they were 500-year floods. We made it 17 years. Uh, luckily, I was able to lean on dad uh, for a lot of emergency management. Um, you know, a lot of lives were saved. Common citizens jumped in the water. Uh, again, this was a flash flood. And an hour and a half, uh, it came out of nowhere. At one point, I had to jump in, uh, getting people out of the water. But so many others did. Uh, and if not, uh, the death toll would have been possibly into the hundreds, uh, especially if it was later in the day and schools were out. Uh, most of our bridges were knocked out. Um and it was such an event, um, you just cannot explain in the intensity of the water. The, 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 the level of water was similar to 2004, but there were places that got flooded in 04 that are no longer standing. Um, you can call it global warming, you can call it climate change, whatever. But I think a lot of us realize uh, that the intensity of these storms and what we're seeing across the United States um, we need to have discussions. We should be having discussions because how can I build back a town? How can I have manufacturing when on any given summer it's going to be knocked down in a mountain town? We're talking about major flooding that you'd expect on in the coast. 
in a small mountaintop, but they come up from the Gulf. These hurricanes come straight up from the Gulf, a lot of energy, um, and they dump on us. And so again, um, out of nowhere, and this was in August, my sister lost her home, at least the bottom part of her home. Um, I say this just to make a point. On August 2nd, my sister tragically lost her husband. Oh, uh, sorry uh, two weeks later, she loses her home. Uh, and then obviously all the chaos. And, and I say that because, you know, as mayor and watching your little sister go through that, there's not words. But myself, but especially people who did lose those six families that lost people, the people of Haywood County to dig deep uh, and with the benefit of everybody from politicians to prayers across the United States. I mean, I had, we had people and supplies being sent to us, you know, from Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Uh, Motels and Maggie were putting motels and Maggie, everybody coming together in these moments of tragedy. And I've said time and time again, it is tragic that it takes tragedies to bring us together and bring out the best in people. But you watch people that have lost everything find a way and even today to recover. And I'm, I don't care if you're a mayor. I don't care where you are. When you hear these stories of recovery and they happen every single day and people coming together, especially in these times, it gives you that push to keep going. So when people ask me, Zeb, hey, you know, you've been through a lot. How are you doing? You keep going. That's mm-hmm. what we do in the mountains. I think that's well, what you, we do in the You've done an amazing job. You, you know, the, you know, the lots of the infrastructure is back up. Bearwater Brewing's back up. You know, Maggie has a version of the, uh, one of the outlets of Bearwater, and for a while it was the main one, and now the main one's back open up in Canton. And you did an amazing job. Well, what is the, um, you know, I don't want to get too much into climate change and discussing that. We could go on for an hour about, you know, the solutions to the world. What specifically can Canton do to help alleviate? The future things, and, and I don't want to get into a long discussion about this. Yeah. We don't have a lot of time, but do you have any quick uh, th- th- things to reassure people that we're taking action to make it less dangerous? <laughs> yeah, our ob- our obligation is no matter what we do, rebuilding back, moving things, we have to ask the question: What can we do to help mitigate future storms? Again, mm-hmm. in two thousand four, we were told well, it would be another five hundred years before this happened. We made it seventeen. And so everything we do is we build back. We have to see whether on a large scale or a small scale, what we can do. And it's not easy just tearing everything down. Again, we have to fight for our soul. And and much like COVID, how do we balance safety uh, without sacrificing, you know, our soul? And as we rebuild, you know, some things, whether it be historic theaters or armories or stadiums, they're going back. But in small ways, we're looking at what can we do to mitigate future damages, but also where are we building homes? Where are we building businesses? And that's not just in the floodplains. That's mm-hmm. on mountaintops. Like you said in Maggie, all that increases water flow. Uh, so having no discussions calmly about what we can do, uh, we shouldn't be doing anything unless we understand the world we live in, whether we like it or not, or understand everything. It's a reality. And I think part of leadership is not leading in a world that we wish that there was, we have to lead in the world that is and find those solutions. That's a great answer. So we're going to take a break and then we'll come back and finish up talking about Chestnut Mountain Park. All right. I think everybody's going to be excited by that. How 
Howdy, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Gateway to the Spokies podcast. And my guest is Eb Smathers, the mayor of Canton, North Carolina. So you had these tragedies. You also had an economic resurgence, resurgence but somehow you also were able to raise $600,000, maybe more, to acquire 450 acres of land. And you built a state-of-the-art park outside of Canton. Uh, it's called Chestnut Market Mountain Park. Can you tell us about that park? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, about two years ago now, I received a phone call from Honey Muter. Uh, she is the executive director of the Southern Appalachian Conservancy. And what this group does is throughout the, the mountains, uh, they purchase and help preserve uh, mountain land, uh, which is so important. Uh, uh, you know, as much as we love economic development and manufacturing, we cannot uh, just give away or develop every piece of one of God's greatest treasures. And so she says, I have this idea, and there's uh, there's 450 acres a located Chestnut Mountain uh, outside of, uh, right outside the city limits. Uh, back in the early 1990s, there was plans to make it a NASCAR track. Those fell through. <laughs> uh, there has been a lot of crazy ideas through the years. Um, there's been talk of everything from, uh, you know, meeting locations and camping to rock quarries. And so with the help of, uh, you know, public and private partnerships, uh, Southern Appalachian was able to purchase that property uh, and we'll hand the keys over in April at our grand opening. And we are, it is a 450 acre, um, absolutely amazing, beautiful land uh, for outdoor recreation. And a major part of it is going to be uh, mountain biking. Um, a um, well-known mountain biker uh, from Asheville uh, has raised private uh, uh, over yeah, about $250,000 to open something at Burn Park. It's uh, his personal park open to the public. And again, it's the perfect example. It's something that's going to bring in new people, new ideas, economic growth, but it doesn't change who we are. It's use of the mountains. It's uh, low impact. It, it preserves this land and, and the beauty. Um, and it's just that perfect situation. And it sits on the Buncombe County where Asheville is located and the Haywood County line. And I love that the show's called Gateway to the Smokies. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is from Walt Disney, that if you want to control the experience, control the entrance. Yeah. In Haywood County in Canton, uh, we're the gateway to the Smokies. If you come west of, have been. Yes. We come west of Asheville, whether it's Waynesville, Maggie Valley, Western Carolina University, uh, Cherokee, Murphy, uh, any of those places, you have to pass through Canton, either through the interstate or uh, on Old Asheville Highway, where this park is located. And to put this park uh, at the entrance of the Smokies, uh, it speaks volumes about what we are, what we intend to, to be. And the, again, the economic growth, I know very little about mount, mountain biking. I'm not, that can be huge. That is not my field. Yeah. I, do, I do know something about economic impact and you know going for a hike and then wanting to get a beer afterwards or getting a T-shirt or going to eat. And if we can open our arms up uh, to outdoor recreation, and then once they get to Canton, get to the Maggie Valley, get them the Cherokee, tell our story. Um, you know, I, I think that's part of the experience that we want to provide. And it goes back to flood recovery as we build back Canton, you know, in our rec park, we are going to, we are raising money. Uh, we want to build an absolute fantastic and large all abilities playground. Because again, when you come back from a flood, people are going to ask you, you know, what are you focusing on? If we can do something in our rec park mm -hmm. that puts smiles on children's faces and families' faces, no matter what they've been through in life, 
especially uh, if they're if they're they're suffering from special needs, especially in these times where kids and families we need to smile again. Uh, we yeah. need to get back. Uh, and we don't want COVID to take more from us than it already has. And it's taken so many and so many lives and yeah. put that at our forefront to say, this make, it, make it, so, uh, you know, everybody can enjoy it. I agree with you. Um, you, um, you know, one of the things exciting to me is I've, I've read that there's something called a tyke bike trail that's going to be in this new, tra- you know, I have three and a half year olds, you know, so they're riding their little bikes now. Good. What is that going to be? Well, hopefully a place like my two-year-old, you can turn loose safely and let me get some energy out before they come home. <laughs> so, mountain biking for tots. <laughs> come on. It's, it's a BYOB. Bring your own bike. So, <laughs> But you, again, I mean, we see that's what's um, in many parts of uh, West North Carolina. I mean, it's retirees. Uh, it's people moving here from different places in Eastern Haywood. Uh, we're focused on young families. We want young families. Uh, our school system, Haywood County Schools, is ranked number 11th in North Carolina. Uh, we love our sports. We love our schools. I mean, we can provide the total package. But, again, we love having people come visit us and, and move here. But it's important to us that we don't lose who we are. And if we lean into that, I think we can have the best of both worlds, and people will be drawn to us uh, because of our past, present, and also our future. Yeah, I agree with you. If you celebrate your good heritage, if you if you live it and live the good heritage, then your heritage, the people coming in adopt it instead of you adopting theirs, right? So, you know, the the you know, that's why we celebrate dance and music and fishing and all these things at the Metal Arc because it's about promoting a, a positive a positive experience of mountain culture. So these, um, you know, a little bit more details. I just want, you know, for the, the viewers, do you know how long these biking trails are going to be? How long? Yeah. Do they have any measurements? How, how, how much, uh, how many miles? Uh, it depends. I mean, long-term we, the, the money you spoke of, we received about $750,000 of grant money from the state, uh, which will allow us to, to really complete the second phase. And those are going to be the larger trails, the trails, to the top, the outdoor classrooms, uh, I think the, the, I don't know the exact length, but the burn park, you know, these are the jumps. These are the, uh, the, you know, the barrels and all oh, the, fa- oh yeah. The fancy stuff, right? Yeah. yeah the fancy, you know, the, the, the fancy stuff out there. So, so this would be a world-class biking facility, right? Oh yeah. This is not something, uh, that was very important to myself and our elected officials that if we're going to do this, we're going to do it the right way. And so this is state-of-the-art done by amazing contractors uh, that have just really, you know, used the land. I mean, the mountains themselves create trails and they create jumps. So this is not, uh, this is, again, what you see is what you get. And these are some great mountain bike trails. All right. Well, cool. Then, uh, you know, we're going to be closing up here. I want you to, uh, anything else you want to uh, tell our viewers about Canton and then any shout outs you want to give and where they can find out more information? No, I mean, I think obviously Google any of these things, our website, uh, explore West North Carolina, our, our people love to tell our stories. Uh, that's something that is just, you know, ingrained in us. And, you know, again, we're so much surrounded by food and fellowship, but again, I'll go back to a little bit higher. And I saw this during the floods and I saw this working with Democrats and Republicans. And this is a message I say, I don't mean this to be political is, you know, again, we have to make, we, we have the decision each day as people to what type of life are we going to live? What type of decisions we're going to make? What are we going to demand from our leaders? And we don't have to settle for the toxicity and the division that surround us. Uh, I, once you see what I was able to witness and others, 
in Haywood County during the floods. And it happens every time there's a disaster in this country. We don't have to go back to where the way things were of division and just, you know, people tearing each other down. We can do better, but you have to demand it because once you see it, you know, it exists. You just, you have to lean into it and it can't accomplish. And so again, I want that to be one of the legacies from the floods, uh, not the death toll, not the destruction, but maybe just maybe we started the walk towards uh, less division and more cooperation and doing things for the common good because it does exist. And I'm just glad to be part of it with our employees and our elected officials and everyday citizens trying to make Haywood County the best place it can be. Well, I congratulate you on, on what you've done so far. And I thank you for being on this show. It's been a pleasure talking to you and you're doing exciting things. I love the biking uh, mountain because I think that's going to be a huge tourism thing for the, uh, from the, for the Haywood County. And of course, me being in tourism, it's selfishly meeting my, my, my personal goals, but I also think it's great for the community. Well, just right. thank you so much. It's been a privilege being part of you. I hope some of my friends in New York City heard my, my Southern accent today. Uh, I hope so too. Let me know if you did. I will. <laughs> so this has been the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. Um, you can find out more about this podcast by going to smokiesadventure.com and there's a link to all the uh, previous podcasts uh, that you can go and peruse. It's also, this is also uh, done, uh, streamed live on talkradio.nyc um, and that, that, that happens every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7. This is a wonderful network. I, I encourage you to investigate other shows on this network because they're all live podcasts. So you get a very dynamic experience listening to things that range from self-help to, uh, to uh, New York City to other travel shows to pets. And, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's almost like a community radio just done in the big city. Um, uh, and I would encourage you to come look at it. I actually have another podcast on this network called Wise Content Creates Wealth which is about uh, marketing and content marketing, SEO, and artificial intelligence and the coming aug augmentation of human creativity with uh, AI um, and how that's necessary for the future of marketing. So I hope you will um, come in and listen to that. And that's on Fridays from noon until 1. Um, and I appreciate you being here today and listening to this wonderful uh, program that we had. And I'll see you next week, same time.